In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B, and today we're going to tackle a very misunderstood or seemingly misunderstood topic, and that is manhood. But we're not going to just talk about any version of manhood or any type of any just uh, regular type of male. We want to specifically deal with what does it mean to be an alpha male and to be alpha tribe focused. So this is part one of a three part series with a good brother, writer and tech entrepreneur, Mr. Eli Marcus. Let's get into it right after these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred I'm excited, man. I've been looking forward to it. I know we've uh, been trying to coordinate for a minute and uh, it kind of fell through, but it never left my radar, man, you know, so. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you uh, for having me on. Um, we've been in communication and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to trying to put up with you. I saw that, uh, that you out in the A. How, how you like it out that way so far? I love it in Atlanta. I've been here for about probably around 10 years now. Um, oh. And I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm in love with the city at this point. I moved oh. out here shortly after I transferred to a different school when I came out here originally. And um, I fell in love with the city. I just I love the culture. I love the, yeah. the frequency, the vibe. I yeah. think it's uh, definitely responsible in large part for my entrepreneurship journey. Look, man, not sure if you had an opportunity to, uh, to catch any of the shows yet, but one of the things I like to do in the very beginning, especially when I have a guest on, is um, I'm all about trying to amplify whatever they have going on, their product, their professional services. But before I get to that, I want the listeners to know uh, more about the person. I want them to warm up to them. And because maybe, maybe people that are in my sphere don't necessarily know who you are from Facebook yet. So this is their first introduction to you. And um, in the interest of time, I figured the best way for me to do that is to hit you with an impromptu question. So we get the unscripted, we get the raw, you know, first thought that comes to mind type of answer. And then that might give us some insight into who you are, what some of your values are. I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll, we're going to unpack some of that as we go, but this will be the, the icebreaker. You, you game for that? I, I'm game for it. I'm game for it. You haven't done this in a while, so, uh, <laughs> you know, act at your own risk, but I'm, I'm game for it. Let's do okay. It. My question for you, uh, and you know what, man, this has been one of my favorites. 
I, I, so I'm going to recycle this one, which I've thrown out to other people. Uh, but if you could have lunch with one person, dead or alive, and they don't have to be a celebrity, but if it's not somebody that we would immediately recognize, if you could just tell us what's the significance behind you choosing them, uh, who would it be? So you can have lunch with one person. Who would it be? Where would you dine? And let's, let's say that they're going to pay for the bill. Uh, and what three questions would you pose for them? Wow, that's a that's a very heavy question. Uh, something <laughs> I really have to think about. If I could have lunch with one person, who would it be? Um, you know, it would probably be, let's say, the first person that came to mind was Marcus Garvey. Mm. And I'm, I'm not sure even why he came to mind, but that was one of the, the first individuals that came to mind. I think mm. he just accomplished and attempted to accomplish so much in his, uh, his lifespan that I would have a lot of questions for him. Uh, where would I dine? Man. Um, I don't know. I guess we could dine at, at like a soul vegetarian place. We got this dope spot in Atlanta. It's ran by uh, what, what we call the black Hebrew Israelites here. Atlanta. It's like a, I guess, a religious set, and they own a restaurant called Soul uh, Vegetarian. It has so much cultural and social relevance to who Garvey is as a person because mm. Garvey was all about nation building. Yep. And, um, the, the history behind that religious set, the, the black Hebrew Israelites, I can't remember the founder's name, mm-hmm. but he basically organized um, some black people here in America, and they relocated to uh, Jerusalem, I believe. Mm. Um, so they have a lot of them there, a lot of them still in America, and they're all about economics, building, yeah. Yeah. health, wellness, all that. Now, let me ask you this before you get into the questions. Um, are, are you vegetarian? No, I am not. Oh, okay, okay. All right. We're not going to judge you, but, but they, I just... You threw out the restaurant. No, I know, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? They they make their uh, that, that soy and that uh, uh, tofu and all this other stuff. They make yeah. it taste like meat. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they taste just like meat. So, uh, but nah. Yeah, it's just I, the food is still good, so I go there. Okay, and so um, the three questions that you would pose for Mr. Garvey, I will ask him if he had any regrets uh, during his uh, his movement. If he could change anything, what would it be? That's one question I would ask him. Yeah. Uh, another question I would ask him, you know, I really think I would just pick his brain, you know what I'm saying, about different different things and different strategies he's implementing. Um, uh, but the most important question is if he could change anything, what would it be? And I would definitely pick up a lot of game about leadership from him. Yeah. Um, on why he felt he was compromised. It was the, the key reason he was compromised. Yeah. Um, and my third question would be, after your death, how would you have wanted your memory to best be served? Mm. What would you want the Garveyite to continue doing on behalf of you after your death? Yeah. What was the vision, you know? Let me piggyback off of that one then. If there were a biopic about Eli Marcus, but you got and you got to pick the title and you got to cast the person to play you. What would it what would the movie be called and why? And who would you select to play? And that's kind of a funny question because I mean I know nobody can be Eli the way Eli can be Eli, but who do you think would be able to make the best effort? Uh I can't think of a celebrity at the moment, so it'll probably be some no-name person with a 
who has who has hopes of being in the industry. Okay. Uh, but I really can't think of a particular person. Um, okay. What was the other question for that? Um, what would the title be? I, I when I wrote this question, I had a title in mind. I said hey, this is probably going to be his default answer, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to say yeah. it. Let me just see if I'm right. <laughs> you know, we probably think about the same thing. To be honest. Yeah. Well, but let me just see. I mean, it, it's it's your brand, you know. So uh, I'd be surprised if I'm off. I'll tell you after you share your answer, though. The first answer that came to mind was Alpha Tribe Focus. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if it was anything else. I, I'd be like, wait, hold on. I, I don't know who I, who, I, who I scheduled the interview with. All right. Alpha Tribe Focus. Okay, hold your answer. Don't expound on that because we're going to get into that, more of what that means as we get into the interview. So I don't want you to give it away just yet. I only schedule interviews with people that either I already rock with, like, personally, and I just want to amplify what they're doing, get behind them, or I'm just genuinely intrigued, you know, like um, somehow somebody made an introduction, and I'm like, yo, I really appreciate this connection. And that's the sentiment I have when I look at your postings. I'm like, yo, this, this dude is spitting fire doctrine. And, and what I really appreciate is it's, it's sober. And it's, it's measured. It's not, um, I mean, I, I don't know, depending on who you ask, some people might say it's extreme, but I just think, I think it's practical, sound, and it's just sober, man. It's not like emotionally charged. It's like, no, nah, it's just matter of fact, like, this is what we got to do. Do your work, you know? And uh, right. I got appreciation for it. I would say that you are, um, you're prolific, man. I'm, that's why I'm like, yo, where the book at? Because... <laughs> I mean, it, 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 there's no shortage of the content. It's like you keep it coming as a steady stream. So you're prolific, prolific, your postings are provocative and they're piercing. And, um, I would even say my observation has been that they're really purposeful. Um, you're not just, uh, um, arbitrarily making posts. It seems like you have an agenda. And, uh, one of my initial thoughts, probably a weekend after I got connected to you, um, I said, man, you know, in a time where there's a certain narrative for and about men where masculinity and manhood seems to be like, uh, you know, uh, the effeminization of men seems to be running rampant. Like, like it, it used to be <laughs> that, that, uh, there would be some reservation about doing it. I think now yeah. it's just more blatant. Uh, or men that stand in their true manhood, it seems like there's some type of penalty or there's some type of pushback. Um, and so there's a distinction and there's a conviction that comes across in your writing, you know, and, and what I find it to be is it's, a, it's affirming to the men that are like standing in their manhood. And again, it's, right. it's measured. It's, uh, it's sober. It's not... I don't feel like it's retaliation. I don't feel like it's extra. It's just like, nah, y'all wrong. <laughs> and that's it. You know, like I ain't mad, but I, I do need to bring correction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's not what it is. Right. So I say that to say, you kind of sing into a different tune, man. I mean, you out here on a different frequency, you're kind of going against mainstream. There's, it's, it seems like you're pushing against a dominant narrative. And that you have also brought with you um, a whole new vocabulary <laughs> uh, as you finesse your postings and you wordsmith it. And I want to, before we get too far into the interview, I'd like to just talk through some of the vocabulary. So as you give us the game, everybody's able to track along with you. So Absolutely. Um, I'm going to just throw out some of the words and 
and we'll pause and let you kind of unpack it, you know, maybe give it some context and expound a little bit. Does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Soy boy or soy boy-ism. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, uh, because I am more of a writer, mm-hmm. but off the top of my head, when I say the word soy boy, I'm talking about a feminized male. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a male who lacks masculine instinct, um, a man who tends to, a male who tends to um, try to impress um, okay. women, more specifically damaged women, uh, who, who mm. kind of caters to that choir, who, who caters to the choir, instead of looking at a situation and giving a practical response, a soy boy's method is to, okay, what can I say that's going to get everybody on my side? That type mm-hmm. of thing, you know, a real sort of weakness, yeah. weakness type guy. Yeah. Uh, a soy boy is never validated by high performing or high value men. That's how you can recognize one off the top. Uh, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So what does it look when you say they're never recognized? Meaning like they don't get any never validated. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're never validated by other high value men. Meaning you'll never find a high value man on the train of a sword boy rooting him on or giving his head side. Mm-hmm. It's always it's mostly women most of the time. It's either women or it's other soy boys mm-hmm. um, that are rooting a soy boy. Uh, philosophy or his ideas um, on. So that's what I consider. A soy boy is the type of guy that orders all the food on the menu, but when the bill comes, he sneaks out mm. and leaves leave it for someone else to pay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so you, you talk about um, their proclivity to try to impress women and not just like regular women, but even more so they're preying on uh, damaged women. What do you think um, contributes to that? Do you think there's any connection? I mean, when you look at the school system, for instance, I mean, it's, they're spending most of their waking hours. Well, I mean, I know you talk about adults, but um, let's, let's, let's try to get to the root of it. Does any of that start in childhood and adolescence? I mean, because they spend so much time in the company of women or in the absence of men, or do you think it's something else? Um, it, you know, it's many different things, probably hundreds of possible different routes. I think mostly it's a survival technique. And doing the work is hard work. It's very difficult. But catering to other people's insecurities and exploiting those insecurities to gain popularity and to get likes and to get praise, that's mm-hmm. the easy thing to do because you can look like a good person. That's what a soul mm-hmm. boy's objective is. I'm the mm-hmm. good guy. I'm going to good, I, I'm the good guy, but he doesn't do any of the work. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I think that's why your, um, your postings are so necessary because, um, there's been a lot of value placed on being a good guy, you know, like, and so unless there's a voice to contrast that, I mean, by default, they're thinking that that's, that's the highest value. You know, um, and, and, and I say that me having come from like a religious context, having been a pastor, I, I kind of, I don't want to throw shade on the church, but they put a high, it's one of the core, high core values is to be a good guy, to be a nice guy. And I'm thinking like, even in scripture, they don't command you to be a nice guy. You should, should be love, show, show love, but in love, 
like if I love somebody, then that also means that on the other side of my love is some wrath for what may pose a threat. Like I'm not walking around just, <laughs> you know, grinning like an airhead all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a time where, yeah, somebody's going to have to feel the wrath if they pose a threat. And I just don't know that um, that gets enough play. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. To be, and just to give it more context, uh, because religion has so many different uh, ways that it, it, it has culturally been addressed by different groups of people. Mm-hmm. For instance, the black, there's a difference between the black church and the white church. There's a culture difference. Yeah. There's a difference with often how they interpret scripture, which scriptures they choose to focus on, yeah. uh, which ones they don't. Like mm-hmm. some cultures, they'll focus on the have dominion part, and then you have other cultures that'll focus on the humble part. Yeah. And obey, you know, obey your master. So that's interesting to me that uh, religion... It has a lot of concepts applied to the culture. If a culture yeah. has a, a sort of weaker mentality and a servitude mentality, they'll read scripture and they'll take the weakness out of it and they'll ignore the part that's intended to empower them yeah. or could empower them. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at FredTalks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash fredtalks. Remember, talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. Let's talk about the next one, uh, stale coffee drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with that one recently, a couple of months ago. Um, so we can't talk about the stale coffee drinkers without talking about what I call the thought administration of the black intelligentsia. That was my next one. Go ahead. Right. Uh (laughs) Basically, that's that's what I consider a stale coffee drinker. A stale coffee drinker is sort of a nine-to-five kind of person. Not all nine-to-five people, but it's a very particular type of nine-to-five type of person. It's a paper pusher. It's Mm -hmm. someone who processes paperwork. They don't really think about issues. They just just, just recite the status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, Stale coffee drinkers are not active. They're not active thinkers, and they're not actively participating um, in uh, the politics of power marketplace. 
they, they just recite what they've been told. They uh, yeah. go on their lunch break and take their four for four. Uh, they have an <laughs> autopilot response yeah. uh, to, to, to everyone, to everything. It's a sort of an autopilot response. It's a weirdo. It's like a weirdo type of individual. Um, and, you know, constantly the word uh, scholarly research, they're just not really there. They're not really thinking. It's like a, a dummy, not yeah. not in the uh, condescending way, but just like a person who's not there. They're just sort of... Yeah, they're absent-minded. They're just kind they're of going through the motions. Tell me what to do, right. and and I'll go, I'll go fetch it. I'll go do it. Right. That's what I consider a stale coffee drinker, and they're... They're not the business minds of America or the business minds of black America. They are in an institution. Um, they're micromanaged for the most part, mm-hmm. and they're paper pushers. They push whatever narrative their superiors want them to push without thinking. Can somebody be a stale coffee drinker or a member of the black intelligentsia uh, if they don't work a nine to five? Uh, they can be a student of a stale coffee drinker. Um, stale, <laughs> they can be a student. They may not be the, the, the one drinking the coffee, okay. but they, they still pick up the the, the thought yeah. consciousness of one, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. push it. Stale coffee drinkers are the type of people who talk smart but think dumb. They sound really smart when you hear them, mm-hmm. but when you unpack it, or someone who knows what they're talking about, it, they, they think dumb, but they talk mm. very smart. They have an, an impressive vocabulary. Mm. Uh, they make up 500 words a year. It's hard not to have an impressive vocabulary. So, but they, their thinking <laughs> is not, they're educated, but they're not intelligent. Can you tell us what, what is a dummy mission? A dummy mission is sort of like, uh, it's, a, it's an impossible mission to accomplish. Um, it's sort of like a suicide mission. I need you to go, when someone tells you that they need you to uh, do something and they know you can't do it or it's impossible to do it, mm. or if you go and do it, you're going to be so severely compromised, you basically committed suicide. Mm. Uh, so that's what I consider a dummy mission when someone sends you on a dummy mission. Okay. Or so I, you give I, yourself a dummy mission. Mm. Mm. See, I didn't, um, I didn't take it that far then. I, I, I just thought it. I just thought of it as people fighting wars that don't have spoils or don't have the spoils that they actually need or want. Like you just, you just fighting to be fighting or to attract energy. But at the end of the day, it's not going to profit you or anybody that's a member of your tribe or affiliated with you. Right. That's a dummy mission. Uh, you're doing anything that doesn't produce value mm-hmm. or not produce an advancement. Uh, there's no real reasoning behind why you're doing what you're doing. You're just yeah. sort of doing it. It's a dummy mission. Panhandling. That's a cold one, man. <laughs> panhandling. What, what do you mean by that? A panhandler, as you know, most of us know is like a beggar. Someone yeah. who's begging for aid all the time, uh, begging for help all the time, doesn't really help themselves. They're just sort of constantly relying on other people to do things for them, but they won't do for themselves. Uh, they're panhandling. They're looking for free stuff. Someone yeah. who's constantly seeking free stuff and they think that the world works that way. That's what panhandling is. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is uh, if I would have met you, see, it's 2019, maybe around 2015, you would have seen a lot of panhandling posts on my page as I was kind of awakening to, I was just coming out the matrix and seeing the reality 
of, of certain things, right? And and so in my frustration, I mean, now I see how backwards it was, but in my frustration, I'm thinking all I have to do is make this make sense and people will ease up or like, and I'm, I'm specifically talking about like uh, racial injustices. And so I spent a lot of time trying to clarify racial injustices. And if I, if I, if I analyze it now, I'm like, what the hell was I trying to accomplish? And, and I think what I was trying to do is I was trying to appeal to the, to the, to the morals of, of other people. And I'm just thinking, and I had to come to a point, a point where I, I, I think I just had to uh, exhaust myself. I had to just, I had to just wear myself out and realize where you have nothing to show for this. And to be honest with you, uh, either um, the people that need to hear what you're saying are not checking for you. Like they're not looking on your page. Like they don't want that type of conviction. And like how backwards do you think it is? Like who do you expect to come up off of their, their accoutrements of wealth to help you? <laughs> like that's just not realistic, you know? And uh, once I realized like, yeah, man, nobody's going to just willingly relinquish all that's been bestowed on them, whether it's, whether they got it by uh, ill-gotten gain or whether it was fair, nobody's just going to come and give you stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is backwards, man. And um, I just kind of got, I got fed up. I, I had to, I had to allow it to run its course, look silly and do all that stuff. And now, you know, I don't, I don't have a tolerance for it. Like I, I don't even talk about it anymore, man, but it was a season where right. it's like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just not a good look. It's just not a good look. And you know, um, we all so, have our journey. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm thank God I'm not I'm not there anymore, man. I mean it's it's just really exhausting. You literally don't have anything to show for it, bro. But 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 let's let's deal with the nuance there though, because somebody could hear this and they could reach their own conclusion. I'd rather you state where you are on this yourself. How how does protesting play into that? Do you think protesting has a place? Uh and, and let me let me just preface it by saying well, I don't throw shade on people that protest. That is not, um, that's not my main, my main, that wouldn't be my main focus. Uh, that's, that's not where I would place like all of my eggs in that basket for sure. But, uh, would you say protesting is the same as panhandling? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I also know that people would probably reach their own conclusion. So I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of speak to that. Right. Well, as you know, my ministry is called Alpha Tribe Focus. It's about yeah. Alpha Tribalism. Mm-hmm. So when I use the word panhandling and protesting, I do not believe that is the way of a person who is Alpha Tribe conscious. Okay. Does protesting have a place? Yes. But people have to know, if you are ever put in a position where you're protesting, that means you have been so compromised that somewhere along that journey, Mm-hmm. You didn't do what you were supposed to do to be value focused, to be power focused, uh, to negotiate correctly. You you jacked up the way you played your cards so much mm-hmm. that you've been pushed into a corner where the only thing you can do now is protest. So mm-hmm. my ministry is about alpha tribalism, which touches on many different branches of different things. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I am anti-protesting for people who want to be alpha tribe focused. Yeah, because we don't yeah. we don't protest. We we negotiate. We produce value. Uh, yeah. We meet in the boardroom, not on the streets holding signs. 
it's, yeah. it's just a different way of going about things. You know, it's yeah. normal to not like something that a government is doing or a company is doing or they're discriminating or whatever. But yeah. in alpha tribalism, we believe in competing, not protesting. Yeah. I, um, it reminds me of a conversation I recently had with my, um, my children. I really drove the point home to my son, too, but both of them heard it. And um, one of the things I do is um, I try to teach them just, I mean, like I said, they're only six and seven, but I'm trying to just expose them to the stock market and different terms so it'll be like natural for them. And um, I was talking to them about sharehold, being a shareholder and, um, being, and shareholder meetings and how, hey, man, corporations have an obligation to satisfy their shareholders. That's it. Mm. Like they don't have to appease people that are not their shareholders. And so I'm telling them, Hey, if it's something that you don't, that, that they're doing that you don't like as a shareholder, they have to have shareholder meetings and that's where you have the influence. But I'm telling them like, if you don't have stock in that company, you don't have influence. They don't have to do what you like. So, so they can be racist. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know what? You don't have shares. <laughs> right. And, yeah. So I'm just trying to show, show them the contrast. Like, yeah, there's people protesting, but in their, while they're doing that, they're, they're appealing to the moral conscience of that company. And that's not what their obligation is, though. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are bound to the shareholders, you know, so. Um, Excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah. It's about appealing to the interests mm-hmm. of that person or that organization. If they're doing something that is disturbing you or preventing you from living a quality of life, it's like, well, how, how can I add value or appeal to the interests of this entity? Or perhaps I can go to uh, one of their oppositions and appeal to that interest and the opposition will take them out for me. There's, yeah. so, there's different ways, there's different cards you can play uh, yeah. to, to, to resolve the issue. But protesting is like the lowest form, yeah. it's the lowest frequency in my opinion uh, mm-hmm. that you want to be in. Yeah, because it keeps you at the mercy of... Uh, yeah, it keeps you at the yeah. mercy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it brings me to my last one, and I'd like to see if you can break it down as three words and then the phrase all together. And that's alpha, then tried, and then focused. So the, the three words uh, individually, and then the phrase alpha tribe focus, what, what does that mean? When I think of the word alpha, I think of leader. I think of high performer, high producer. Um, I think of the, the king, mm-hmm. uh, the one who makes the rules, um, the one who's uh, at the top of the pyramid, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's when I, when I say the word alpha, that's what I'm thinking. Tribe is a group of people. Um, who are working towards a common interest, who have different functions and roles uh, for the greater good of the entire group. So that's what I think of when I think of tribe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in that context, it's your, your, your practice to be off a tribe. You're on a journey um, to get to that status. If, if you're not alpha tribe today, you're focused on elevating until you get to that point, to that status. You know exactly where you're going. Yeah. So everything we do is to become an alpha tribe. So we're focused on mastering and playing the game and in the marketplace and strategizing and negotiating and winning and losing. And, okay, yeah. let's strategize again and come up with something else. So that's what the focus means. It's like the doctrine is the, it's playing the game and trying to win it. Yeah. You know, um, what I appreciate about uh, the way, the, the pictures you paint for Alpha Tribe Focus is um, the clarity you bring 
because, you know, alpha, it, it's a trendy word now. It's, it's, it's a buzzword. And um, like I said, for, 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 for people who may just now be getting introduced to you and they haven't had the benefit of like seeing some of your posts and seeing how you put it in context, they may just go with what other people are, are uh, ascribing to the word alpha. And a lot of people, when they say they are alpha, they're really just an asshole. You know, they just right. jerk. But I like the picture you paint about, you know, not only is the alpha a high performer, but they have this sense of duty to, you, you use this word a lot, to nurture the members of the tribe. Like, so they're not just stepping on the tribe. There's a, there's a healthy uh, level of engagement and responsibility to the tribe members, you know. Right, and that's really why I added the word tribe. Um, I didn't just name this ministry Alpha. It's about the Alpha tribe. To me, it doesn't matter if you're, quote, unquote, an Alpha man or Alpha woman. Uh, It it matters if your tribe is Alpha, because here's the thing. Everybody has value. Everybody is useful. Everybody may not be the leader, but it doesn't mean that they don't have value. And Mm -hmm. to me, if, even if a quote-unquote beta personality person uh, is a part of an alpha tribe, to me, that person is alpha because they're a member of an organization that has achieved a status that is high. Yeah. So you become one with the, the fruit of that organization because you're a member of it and you played your part so you get to eat at the table of whatever the tribe brings home. Yeah. Man, um, you, got the, you got the game of an OG, though. Right, like um, who? Who? Like you? You, you spitting this like a sage, man. Who, who put you up on this? I mean, do you attribute this to just um, your father? Was there a mentor, um, or has this always been? Is this is this all you've known, or was there a pivotal point where, you know, uh, there, there was a defining moment where there was like a paradigm shift, and you said, "Wait, there's there's more clarity to be had here," and you started looking at more in that direction. But I did ask that question a lot. Um, to be honest, I've always asked a lot of questions. And I've always been very curious, even when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And I think me just, and I'm not, you know, me just being in the mud, me just mm-hmm. in the wilderness, having mm-hmm. to make a way out yeah. of no way, having to yeah. figure this, this life thing out uh, mm-hmm. independently, taught me a lot of life lessons. So everything that I talk about is because I've experienced it in some way, shape, or form. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the lesson I got from that. That's the lesson I got from this. And yeah. it, it just, it developed, it, but it's straight from the mud. The mud yeah. got me good. All right, hopefully y'all tracking along with us. How y'all feeling? Y'all feeling all right? Y'all picking up what we laying down? <laughs> Listen, we're going to press the pause button for now. And when we resume, when we got the brother on next time, uh, we're going to get into what are the tenets of the Alpha tribe? How do they govern themselves? What is the code of conduct? Wh- you know, what are the ins and outs? So y'all don't want to miss that episode. Make sure you keep checking back so you don't miss anything we got going on. All right. 